You're listening to the Touchdown Under podcast with Emilian and Jack, bringing you NFL news and insight from Down Under. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Touchdown Under podcast. I'm Jack, your host, and as always, I'm joined by Mr. Lopez. Hello, hello. We are almost there. You can count the hours until kickoff on Friday for us at 10 20 a.m. between the Bills and Rams. So excited for this episode. We're going to go through each each game this, in week one. Jack, start us off. That's right, Emilian. We're going to run through all 16 matchups for week one of the 2022 NFL season. The start is finally upon us. And like you said, we are starting off with an absolute cracker of a matchup between the Bills and the Rams. Obviously taking place at SoFi Stadium on Thursday night in football. Emilian, you especially have been really talking this one up to me for quite some time. I know you, you're, you're a big um, proponent of the Bills. Um, as I, I think they're basically your second team. You can say I'm a closet Bills fan, just say it. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I know you like with Josh Allen, and I'm almost there myself. As you obviously know, I picked Josh Allen in our very recent NFL fantasy draft, and um, I'm looking forward to cheer him on on Friday morning. In terms of the matchup itself, Emilian, I think we could see some pretty free-flowing offense. Obviously, they're both good defensive teams based off what we have seen in the last couple of seasons, but I do think we will see some decent scoring from both sides. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing we have to note is Tredavious White is not going to be playing in this game. He's still injured. Um, so that's advantage Rams there. We're looking at a matchup between Stefan Diggs and Jalen Ramsey, which is going to be really interesting. And I remember seeing the Rams, you know, home opponents 2022, way back when, before the schedule was, le- was released. And I saw these opponents, like, the, the, the home opener has to be the Bills. The start of the season has to be Bills-Rams. Broncos could be a good one, but this is two of the best teams in the NFL just going at it right from the bat. And the amount of hype I have for this game is unmatched. I cannot wait to see what happens in this one. Yeah, there, these are definitely two teams who figure to uh, feature prominently at the business end of the season. Like you said, Tredavious White is obviously on the physically unable to play list. He's obviously a big out, and it does leave the Bills secondary with a lot to contend with in the form of the likes of Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson. Um, Matt Stafford has his fair share of targets there, and I, I, I feel like Josh Allen will be forced into a position where he has to play catch-up. Because I do think the Rams are kind of uh, automatically on that front foot. Obviously, like you said, due to um, White's absence, as well as they, the, uh, the backing of the home crowd at SoFi. Yep, and I think one important part of this I haven't mentioned, Gabriel Davis. He, he comes off a historic performance against the Chiefs in the divisional round. Stefan Diggs didn't do much because he was taking so much attention from that defense. How much does Gabriel Davis play a factor into the outcome of this game? Does he have another big game start of the season? Or does Stefan Diggs take the limelight or any of the Bills receivers at all? Yeah, it will definitely be interesting to see how Davis follows up that performance. I think he should be in for a pretty big year, obviously, um, alongside Diggs. He definitely will get his fair share of targets with most of the attention from opposing teams on Diggs. Emilian, what do you think happens in terms of the outcome of this game? I'm going to go shootouts, Rams 35, Bills 30. I'm hesitant to give a score, but I do think the Bills win narrowly. I think Josh Allen just gets a leg up in the end. 
the Rams coming off a Super Bowl win. I don't think an opening night win is really a huge focus for them. I think the Bills have more to prove this season and there's more pressure on them to start on the front foot. And I think they do narrowly. Now, on to the early window games uh, on Sunday afternoon, American time. Obviously, for us, that's going to be early Monday morning. Very early Monday morning, Emilian. But we will be up and ready for it, as we always are. And we're going to start off with the Philadelphia Eagles at Detroit Lions at Ford Field. Emilian, I think you have said to me that you think I'm pretty high on the Lions this season. I think I'm high somewhat. On them, I definitely think we're going to see an improvement out of them this season. In terms of this matchup specifically, however, I do think the Eagles win, but I think the score is going to be quite close. I think as well, this is going to be pretty high scoring. Um, Jalen Hurts and Goff will be slinging the ball quite a bit, and I think we're going to get see some nice performances from receivers in this one. Yeah, uh, regarding the Lions, obviously they're the beach team in Hard Knocks this year, and you can see how much heart is in that squad, in their leadership, in you know Dan Campbell, all that. But at the same time, I'm sure the Eagles are in the exact same situation. They also feel like they have a lot to prove. They've got so much talent on that roster, and I'm excited to see John Hurts um, if he can step up this year. Because obviously, you had him, you had the Eagles as well in your predictions last week as the winner of the NFC East, and you predict a pretty big year from Hurts and from the team overall. Does this happen immediately from the start of the season, or are we going to see more of a progression for this team or a decline? We don't know. I personally think they're going to sort of ride the middle of the pack, uh, fringe. Uh, Playoff contenders maybe compete for the division. Um, regarding the Lions, I think you'll, we'll see some improvement. But as long as Jared Goff's there, I don't see too much happening for them, especially to start the season. I, I'm going with the Eagles for this one. Yeah, like you mentioned, I'm somewhat high on both teams, more so on the Eagles, like you said. I don't think the Lions' uh, resurgence of sorts starts straight away this season. I do foresee a uh, Eagles win in this one. Um, I think... In terms of performance levels from the Lions, I think there's going to be a gradual increase. We're not going to see it straight away. One of the knocks, um, pun intended, on the Lions, Emilian, has been more so their, um, I guess, schematic strategy as opposed to their heart. Like, we saw a lot of this heart stuff um, on hard knocks, but I'm not sure enough people are convinced um, in terms of, um, like, strategically with the Lions. So I guess we'll see what kind of plan they roll out for Jared Goff. But, yeah, close one, but I think the Eagles do prove victorious. Just on a side note, uh, CJ Gardner-Johnson is now an Eagle. Uh, the Eagles have made a few trades recently. They traded away Jalen Rager and JJ Arcega-Whiteside to teams that have the receivers they passed on, which is pretty funny, but... CJ Gardner-Johnson, I think, is a huge addition. Sorry, that's all I just wanted to say. Yeah, they've definitely made some moves that would suggest that they're looking to kind of make a really big push this season for not just playoffs, but more silverware. But I think we will see. On to the 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Emilian, I've mentioned to you in recent times that I think the Bears will um, claim this win against the Niners. I think the Bears are, are a very big chance. I think they're really slept on by um, national media outlets in the US. And obviously, a lot of those reasons are justified. But I do really think, like I said, Justin Fields is going to have a huge season, a breakout season. I think he's going to be the breakout player of the NFL this season. The Bears won't be quite as bad as people expect. And I don't think Trey Lance is going to just, you know, 
you know, play super well from the start straight away kind of thing. Same with similar story with the Lions. I think I don't think it's going to be like a thing we see straight away, and so I think he might struggle a bit in week one, and I see a Bears win. Yep, uh, I'm with you on Trey Lance. I'm not sold on him by any means. Uh, this is a nice little matchup between two quarterbacks of the same class that arguably both could have gone at third overall. Uh, 49ers passed on fields, took Trey Lance. I do see your point with the Bears. I do see a lot of upside on this team. I just have no idea what to expect from them. I don't think there'll be a huge improvement. I'm not as high on Justin Fields as you are. Um, and I think week one, I just think this 49ers defense is just too good to pass on. You still have a lot of weapons on that offense as well. I did predict the Debo Samuel regression for the season, but I think this game will be more than good enough to sort of take over and for now, we get the win in my, in my eyes. Well, Debo and Fields were definitely um, strong performers in this matchup last season. The 49ers did win, but we did see glimpses of Fields, I think, with franchise QB potential. I do think eventually the Niners will regret passing on Fields, and I think we will see um, a pretty good performance from Fields against the Niners, provided the O-line stands up enough. Onto the Steelers and Bengals in an AFC North showdown. This one's in Cincinnati, and I think you will agree with me that this is probably going to be a comfortable Bengals win. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that Joe Burrow is definitely... That, that entire Bengals team is definitely going to try, like, you know, go back to the Super Bowl. They, they've got a chip on their shoulder. They came so close. Um, They beefed up the O-line, which was their glaring weakness. We've said this before. The Steelers, their defense is still elite. Um, adding Miles Jack, I think, is quite a great addition. But obviously, quarterback play is going to play a factor. Mr. Bisky uh, is confirmed starting. Has he been confirmed starting? I don't think so as of yet. But, but he he should all be starting. Expectations are that he will. He should be starting. Um, and I don't think he has quite what it takes. Well, nah, he, he uh, Bengals are going to win this. That, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the O line. Obviously, the Bengals added Alex Kappa at guard, Lyle Collins at tackle, and Ted Karras at center. So they definitely, yeah, like you said, addressed that one glaring weakness from last season that really ultimately um, prevented them from, you know, achieving ultimate glory. Yeah. As much as I'm rooting for Trubisky, I have not seen enough during my time watching him, which has been an unfortunate large amount of time watching him. (laughs) And so this is going to be, yeah, like I said, an, an easy Bengals win. Patriots at Dolphins, another intra-division matchup, this time in the AFC East. I think the Dolphins are going to own Mac Jones in this game. We saw a lot of struggles from Jones and the first-team Patriots offense throughout the preseason, and I'm just not confident in him overall. Um, I think he was really overhyped last season. It was really mostly um, Josh McDaniels that kind of made him look better than what he really is, I think, in terms of their offensive scheme. And I'm just not confident um, that Jones is in a place to succeed this season. I think the Dolphins win. Interestingly enough, Bill Belichick has not named an offensive coordinator for this team. Uh, he's said he's not very big on labels or positions regarding his coaching staff. Uh, you got to wonder, how, <laughs> how does that factor in? I don't know with Mac Jones. I think he'll, he'll just be more of the same. I didn't think he was all that good last year. I thought it was, you know doing all right with what he had. Um, but that Patriots team was very, you know, dependent on Damien Harris. Damien Harris did a lot for that offense. As soon as they started running the ball, they got started getting wins. The defense was quite good. Uh, Matthew Judon especially was really good for that team. The Dolphins, I'm not sold on Tua, uh, but it means he has a lot to prove, but I do love the additions of Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert for that ground game. 
Uh, Tyreek Hill, obviously. Obviously a great addition. I'm going with the Dolphins for this one. In a close game. It's a, it's a, it's a Dolphins-Patriots game. It's going to be close. I can't give you a scoreline. I think it'll be relatively low scoring, though. Yeah, listen, any team that has Matt Patricia back in the fold, I'm not <laughs> completely sold on. Matt Jones' weapons, I think, is an interesting talking point. His receiving group is currently Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, and Matthew Slater, which I think is a pretty weak group um, just as a whole. I, 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 just, I just see the offense being really stagnant in this game, especially against um, the likes of you know a Dolphins secondary, which... Um, obviously includes Javon Holland and Xavier Howard. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a Miami Dolphins win. It might be close, it might not be. I just can't see the Patriots winning. Fair enough. Cleveland Browns at Carolina Panthers. This is a matchup we've kind of hyped up a little bit recently, Emilian, obviously because the Panthers' starting quarterback, Baker Mayfield, is obviously an ex-Brown, and he's coming up against his former side for his new side at home. Obviously, the Browns are going to be led by quarterback Jacoby Brissett into Sean Watson's place, and I think this is really set up for a Baker Mayfield revenge game. Uh, absolutely. I think that the Panthers will take this one because they are healthy. I think when healthy, this squad, this roster, is looking at playoff contention. The problem is they can't stay healthy. Chris McCaffrey, um, uh, JC Horn, last year, he started off the season really well, then he got injured for the rest of the season. We never saw him again. Um, they've got so much talent. I'm looking at Baker Mayfield especially. He is going to feed DJ Moore the ball so much. And Chris McCaffrey and the Panthers won't know how to respond with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. Yeah, I think obviously it's a very valid point you raise about the health of the Panthers. But I think until we actually see some genuine um, injuries to their key players, which we haven't yet uh, to this point this preseason... Sam Darnold is the only one you can kind of make an argument for, but he was already going to be the backup quarterback. So I don't really view him as a key offensive player anymore. Um, in terms of McCaffrey, as of right now, he's healthy. And um, until he isn't, um, I don't really think we can... I mean, I'm not going to comment anymore on his health until he gets injured again, because I think he's primed for a pretty big year pending his health. Like you mentioned, DJ Moore is going to be huge this season. I'm big on DJ Moore. I picked him in my fantasy team. I think he's going to be huge. The Panthers traded for LaVisca Chenault from the Jaguars. I think he's going to feature pretty heavily. Robbie Anderson's still there. Terrace Marshall Jr. is still there. Mayfield's got a lot of weapons, and he's got a decent O-line. So I think, um, obviously, and, yeah, the return of Jesse Horn too. He's going to be healthy. He's starting the season on the active roster. So they should be, you know, primed for a decent season in what looks to, or what could be a pretty weak NFC. Little side note, how many sacks are you predicting for Miles Garrett start to your predicted Defensive Player of the Year campaign? Jeez. I know, it's, a, it's not an easy question, just throw a guess out there. Do you reckon he features heavily this game? Did a revenge on I, I, th- I think he's always going to feature heavily um, in every game. It's just, but that doesn't mean he's going to get, you know, a lot of sacks in every single game. Um, week one, I, I don't think he's going to go crazy. Uh, last season he had 16 sacks, which was a career high. I don't, oof. I mean, I, I could see him getting around that number again. I think he's going to surpass 12 easily, which was his 2020 total. I think we could see between 16 and 20 sacks from Miles Garrett this season. Fair enough. I've got the Panthers winning this game. Yes, as do I. On to the Colts and Texans, yet another division matchup. Um, 
I think this could be a sneaky close game, Emilian. I compared this year's Colts to last year's Rams in a sense that I think that the Colts were one quarterback away from really contending. I think they've got that quarterback in Matt Ryan and they will contend this season. I think they win the Colts, but these these matchups between the Colts and Texans can be pretty close sometimes. And I think Davis Mills is a really, really underrated player in the NFL. He could surprise many once again this year if he goes above what his rookie year was. Um, I, yeah, but at the end of the day, I think this is a Colts win. Yeah, I'm just looking at their roster now and I just realized there is a man called Roy Lopez on that front seven for the Texans. So you best believe I'm going to be watching that game now. Um, Derek Stingley Jr., I think, was an interesting draft pick third overall over Ahmed Sauce Gardner. Um, I think that Sauce Gardner is a better cornerback, but Derek Stingley's sort of athletic ability is quite impressive. We'll see how he goes against these Colts receivers. I think, you know, he'll be matched up with Michael Pittman, most likely. Um, that'll be interesting. But Jonathan Taylor, I think, just takes a cake for this. He's such a force on the ground. Texans going to really have to focus on him, but the Colts aren't just relying on him anymore. They'll be relying on Matt Ryan equally. I think the Colts take this one with still a really strong defense. Two-score game, Colts win. Yeah, it's interesting. I have told you I think uh, Jonathan Taylor is going to be, um, I guess, somewhat stopped compared to last season. I don't think he's going to have as big a year. In terms of this game, I think the Texans secondary is a pretty underrated unit in the league. They've got Desmond King, Stephen Nelson, like you said, Stingley as well, and Isaac Yadam. I think they could, um, I guess halt the Colts' passing game to some extent, which is why I think this one's going to be a little bit closer than expected. And Davis was at home. I could see him throwing a few touchdown passes. But yeah, at the end of the day, I think the Colts win. Saints-Falcons, AFC, uh, sorry, NFC South matchup again. Another division matchup. Um, this one, I don't think is going to be quite as close. I think the Saints win this one relatively comfortably. I don't believe in the Falcons' offense led by Marcus Mariota enough. I believe heavily in Kyle Pitts, but in terms of someone getting him the ball consistently, I think Mariota will try, but will have varying levels of success throughout the season. And in this game, I just don't see the Falcons getting much done against a pretty strong Saints defense. Um, I'm with you. Uh, I think it'll just be interesting this game to see Drake London and Chris Olave, who outperforms the other. I guess uh, two very close picks in the draft. Falcons passed on Olave drafting London. Uh, regarding the defense on both sides, I think that the Saints are just the better defense overall. Tyron Matthew, the addition, is great at free safety. Um, there's not much to say, honestly. I just think the Saints are going to win. Interesting to see how James Winston plays this season overall, but I don't trust Marcus Merida. I don't trust Arthur Smith. I don't trust the Falcons. Yeah, I mean, you lose a guy like Gardner Johnson, but you gain a guy like Matthew. And add that to the guys they've already got there, like Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, and Cam Jordan. I think they're going to be pretty formidable again as a unit this season and will be pretty hard for the Falcons to get past. Not to mention Michael Thomas, first game in a couple of years. Jarvis Landry's there. Chris Olave is there too. That's going to be fun to watch. And Kamara. And Kamara, yes. He's a centerpiece of that offense. Yes, he is, but we'll see how much of the ball he gets compared to how much production he gets out of that. I know you definitely want that to happen considering you drafted him in fantasy. Correct. Either way, Saints win this one. Ravens and Jets is the next matchup. Um, obviously, without Zach Wilson to start off the season, the Jets, this is going to be one of those classic 
the away side comes in and wins pretty easily on the Jets' home turf. I don't know much to say to this one about this one. Sorry, um, apart from I think Lamar Jackson and the offense have a field day. Yeah, that Jets' offense is gonna be absolutely stalled at every point in turn with Joe Flacco under center. <laughs> when are we gonna be done seeing him? I don't, NFL I don't know. He had a brief stint in Philadelphia a few years ago until he returned back to New York. But I'm glad I don't remember that. I don't know. He just um, yeah, it's just very uninspiring play from that guy. But hey, Super Bowl champion. What can you say? Uh, from the Jets, I'm excited to see how Quan Alexander fits in. Uh, and I guess Sauce Gardner is gonna be fun to see. But yeah, Ravens are gonna absolutely dismantle them. I think this is gonna be the biggest blowout of the week. Yeah, I was gonna say this is going to be the game that I'm least going to be. Um, entertained by in yeah. the early window of games. And speaking of which, the last game of this early window in week one is the Jaguars at the Commanders. I think this is going to be a sneaky, interesting game. I, w- I-, I am interested to see how Jaguars start the season off under Trevor Lawrence. I think we might see a similar kind of jump from last year from the Jags as from what I expect with the Lions. I think the Lions overall will be a better team, but I think we could see a similar jump. Um, I, however, do think in week one, in this game, the Washington Commanders win comfortably. I Ooh. think we do see a little bit of a step up from Carson Wentz. I think there won't be as much attention paid to him this season as there has been in years past. I think it's a little bit of a weight off his shoulders, and there is definitely a window here for Wentz to exceed expectations on him this season. At home... I think the commanders get the job done. They've got some nice weapons there at receiver with obviously Terry McLaurin and draft pick Jahan Dotson. Yeah, see, I'm on the opposite side. I think the Jaguars win this one comfortably. Um, Doug Peterson's is, Doug Peterson is now the coach in Jacksonville. He knows Carson Wentz. I think that he's going to do a good job with Trevor Lawrence. That will, help. that will help. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a good season. Trevor CTN is healthy. I wonder how, um, how much work he's going to get compared to James Robinson. That's a strong backfield there. Um, Who do you think it's more? I think James Robinson starts with more. I think that he's... he's this should, entire season? Oh, this entire season. I don't know. I think ETM will probably get... Most I think of the he gets, by, gets yeah. it by a landslide, to be honest. Yeah. I think, but start the season off, I think James Robinson will start off season pretty strong. Um, regarding... I don't know. I, I just prefer this team. I think that Trayvon Walker is going to be quite good. I don't think he's, you know, as good as Aiden Hutchinson, but his raw power, I think, is just going to take advantage of that Washington Commanders offensive line. Um, I... Just don't believe in Carson Wentz at all. He's <laughs> he's been really bad the last few years, and I don't know. I expect a little jump from the Jaguars compared to you. You said the Lions going to be better than them. I think the Jaguars going to be better than the Lions. I think they're going to have a bigger step up. So the Commanders' offensive line is pretty serviceable. I think Carson Wentz will have time in the pocket, and we know from past experience Wentz is decent on the run as a quarterback. I just think with less pressure on his shoulders, he's going to have potentially as or as close to as good a season as that near MVP season he has that he had sorry as an eagle the only thing that I think works against Washington in this matchup is the fact that Chase Young their star defensive end is starting the season on the PUP list but apart from that the commanders I think offensively look pretty nice like I said McLaurin um Jahan Dodson Curtis Samuel still there Gibson in the backfield I think, yeah, I, I think the Commanders, at least with this matchup, win comfortably. Yeah. At home, I, I just can't see the Jaguars doing much damage away. 
in Washington. To be fair, to each their own, this will be a fun one to watch. Yeah, I mean, I'll I'll definitely pay more attention to this game than the Ravens-Jets game. Absolutely. Anyway, that concludes the early window of Week 1 games. Onto the late window, there are four matchups in Week 1, and it starts off with an NFC North rivalry, the Packers and Vikings in Minnesota, which has been a matchup the Vikings have been preferred in recent times. They got hold of Aaron Rodgers' Packers last year in Minnesota, and I think they might just do it again, Emilian. Um, we've talked at length about the Packers' lack of weapons for Aaron Rodgers. However, at the end of the day, he's still Aaron Rodgers, and I think he will he will get the ball in places only his receivers can catch them. I think he's building a nice connection with Alan Lazard, and I think he may have a sneaky big season. Um, obviously, Sammy Watkins is also there in Green Bay. I just think as long as Rodgers is still there, their offense continually move the chains and against his Vikings defense I think they will do it quite easily but I think the Vikings um, I've been harping on about their offense and I think they too will score highly I think it'll be a high scoring game but I think I think the Vikings win I think I start the season off with a win I'm with you on that one and I think the big X factor here is the unpredictability of the Vikings they're coming in with a fresh offensive minded head coach which we haven't seen Mike Zimmer's been this head, the head coach for this organization for so long. We're so used to his like run first, very conservative approach to the game. Very also similar. Shit. Yes, very similar to Pete Carroll, and I'm very, very used to that. But I think the Vikings take this one. I think it's just they, they've got so much talent on both sides of the ball. I think the Aaron Rodgers will have to take a bit of time just to get used to this new offense without Devontae Adams. And yeah, I, I do like the Packers. I think that the star of their season though is going to be the defense. The defense is still incredibly good. As I mentioned last week with uh, Devondre Campbell. I think it's incredibly good. I think it's very good. I think it's... Okay, so you describe it as incredibly good. What makes it incredibly good? Tell me. Uh, Let me look. Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed, Preston Smith, Devondre Campbell, Jay Alexander. Jaron Reed is incredibly good. No, he's not incredibly good. I'm saying he makes... He's a good, you, mentioned him, you mentioned him as part of your incredibly good defense. Yeah, I'm not saying, okay, an incredibly good defense doesn't mean that every single player on that defense has to be incredibly good. I'm saying that these are great pieces that will form a very elite unit. I think the only players on their defense who I would describe as incredibly good would be Jaya Alexander. I no, think not Devondre Campbell? Campbell. He's had one good season. And that was last year. Yeah. Sorry? So let's not, let's not, let's okay, not, would you, let's would you describe, would you, dis- would you, would you describe Cooper season. Cup as incredibly good? Yes. One good season. No, one amazing season. Oh. I would not have considered last season from Devondre Campbell to be... You, you, you can't compare Devondre Campbell's 2021 to Cooper Cup's 2021. You just can't. No. I'm and not... that's in part due to the over-obsession with offense compared to defense, but still, you just can't. Like I think Devondre Campbell had an incredible season. Do you think... I, I think he's a very... He was so, an important okay. piece of the Packers' success last year. Tell me now. Do you think Devondre Campbell is incredibly good? I think he's quite good, yeah. Do you think he's I don't know. I wouldn't, say, okay, I wouldn't say incredibly good, but he was definitely an important piece of this Packers defense, which... Do you agree with this? That Jaya Alexander is the only player on the defense you could say is, in, is incredibly good? Uh, Kenny Clark. I'm putting Kenny Clark up there. So Kenny Clark, you think, is incredibly good? Yep. We can agree to disagree. Yep. I think I think we see a regression from the Packers defense. I think, I think they outperformed expectations last year. Well, that's fair enough. But anyways, back to the matter at hand. Vikings-Packers, I do think the Vikings edge this one out solely because we don't know what to expect from them. And that Packers defense will not be able to handle the Vikings offense. Well, we'll see about that. Alexander versus Jefferson will be a good matchup. Yeah. But then who takes Thielen? Because I think Thielen could have a big day. Well, I heard he obviously does. the attention is going to go to Jefferson. <laughs> I hope Thielen has a big day because that will give me some fantasy points. 
Um, it'll be a high-scoring affair in my eyes. It'll be a high-scoring affair as um, some of these matchups usually are regarding Packers-Vikings. I agree. Giants, Titans in Tennessee. This is going to be, I think, a bore fest, at least in my opinion. For some reason, any game in Tennessee is just is very boring. Like I just don't enjoy watching games that are in Tennessee. It, it looks like you feel the same way. But it's so uninspired. It's not yeah, inspired. It's, it's, it's just like a garbage place to yeah. watch on TV in yeah. terms of football, and especially with the New York Giants coming in. Um, as much as I think the Giants could improve a bit, I'm just not very interested in this game as a whole. And I think the Titans win um, relatively comfortably. Yeah, regarding the Giants, the only really thing, the, the only really thing, only thing I'm kind of interested to see is Saquon, but I'm so over him at this point. We, we know what to expect from him, and it's never that good ever since his rookie year. Titans. Jeez. Huh? That's harsh. I mean, what's he done? He's been injured. That's what I mean. It's just, it's just not fun to watch. So what you're saying is he hasn't been expected injury in week one. No, I'm just saying like he. I don't think he's gonna get back to his rookie season. I don't think he's gonna get back to that level. He's been injured too many times, and at some point they're gonna to have to move on from him. He is not that elite quarterback, uh, elite running back he used to be. And I don't know. I'm just I'm just I have no expectations for him. Well, I have expectations, but they're very low. Um, regarding the Titans, damning words. Yeah, Titans more of the same. Uh, it's, it's the Titans. Like, I don't know. It's yeah. going to be a regression. Uh, decent addition of Zach Cunningham on defense, but that's about it. Yeah, Derek Henry is my, as you know, underperforming player. This One of my disappointing players, I think, for this season. I think he's getting towards the age where running backs really start to slow down in terms of pumping out really big statistical seasons. Um, obviously, he was injured last season. I think, honestly, I think he's more likely to be injured again than what McCaffrey and Barkley are this season. Ooh. I, unlike you, am expecting pretty big things with Barkley. I, I think, providing he stays healthy, he's going to have a better year than his rookie year. Better? That is more than 2,000 I mean, he, I mean, yeah, his rookie year was good, Barkley. Good. I mean, like, it, it wasn't out of this world. Uh, I mean, I, I, it was I, enough I, to win an I, offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't think it's too much to expect that he could out from that I mean he, he, he has experience now in the league I think he, he's he got the um, mental persistence from his injury riddled seasons I think that puts him in good stead and I, I'm just expecting big things I like you said though I think that is one of the things if anything I will be paying attention to in this game um, but yeah I mean it'll be on red zone we'll, flat, we'll, we'll get to it um, sometimes but we're Maybe. not exactly keeping we, an eye we might get to it, it. I mean hey uh, Scott Hanson will definitely Show us a few oh, glimpses. You will. I'm uh, Red Zone. I'm saying we're going to be watching Red Zone. Oh, absolutely. It'll be there. It's not a focus game. Scott's voice may may pique my interest in that game <laughs> if something happens. Um, but otherwise, yeah. Yeah. There's a much more interesting game going to be at the same time. But predictions for this game, Jack? Three. Prediction for this game? What do you reckon? Titans. Yeah, Titans. I'm with you. Raiders charges. A rematch somewhat of last year's pl- uh, my playoff game. Well, it's basically it was essentially a playoff game. It was like a prelude to playoffs, playoff yeah. This time, it's in LA. Um, and I'm picking the charges. Yep, I am too. But this is a very 50-50 game and very intriguing one, to say the least. Devontae Adams... Will get so much attention. Oh, so much. But and that's secondary. Right. I, I just don't think... We, I think so things when I... When, I what am I saying? I think it's going to be one of those things where everyone's expecting, oh, you know, that new quarterback wide receiver connection to be out of this world straight from get-go. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it'll take some time. 
um, to adjust in terms of Derek Carr and Devonta Adams, um, I guess really, you know, solidifying, fortifying that connection. And I think they couldn't come up against a worse defense in week one um, to like debut their connection as yeah. the Los Angeles Chargers. Like you just look at um, guys like Derwin James and JC Jackson, who may or may not play in week one. He was slated to miss two to four weeks, and that was two weeks ago. So he could play, he might not play. I would probably think that he probably won't. Either way, there's still Asante Samuel Jr., the uh, sophomore defensive back who's there as well. And they have Bryce Callahan, who's a good nickelback as well. So plenty of guys in the secondary who I think have the potential to really stall the Raiders' offense. And that's not even starting to, you know, to bring up the guys on the defensive line, um, you know, such as Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa. Yeah, so for you, yeah, so speaking of Kalimak Jovis, I think the front seven is going to be the stronger piece in this game for the Chargers, solely because of how weak the Raiders' offensive line is compared to previous years. Um, that, that Chargers defense is elite all over, don't get me wrong. On the other side of the ball, though, Raiders' defense is kind of lacking outside of that front seven. I'm not convinced on their secondary by any means at all. It could be a blowout. It could be, but it also could be a close game, which the Raiders win. I think Chargers win on both sides of the ball. You, I mean, you said it. The yeah. Raiders' offensive line really struggled last season, and the Chargers' offense is really strong and will only get stronger the older, you know, Herbert gets. I, so, I think the Chargers are hungry. I, I'm not disputing that the Chargers are winning. The Chargers are winning this game. I'm saying it could be a blowout, yeah. but it could be a close game, which the Raiders inch out. There is no, I don't think the Raiders win this comfortably by any means. If they win, it'll be very similar to their most recent encounter, Week 18, by a field goal, Daniel Carlson comes in clutch. But Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Kinnell, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer, year two, could be good. Could be great. Uh, Gerald Everett's there on at tight end. Uh, the offensive line is strong. There's no way the Chargers are going to get blown out. I think they win this. Yeah, in my mind, nothing points to a Raiders win. I think the Chargers win by at least one score. Okay. Yep, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think it'll be a one-score game, though. Chargers win. Chiefs, Cardinals rounds out the late window uh, group of games. This one's in Arizona. Could be a close one. I think the Chiefs win, though. Um, I think it'll be reasonably high scoring. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of conjecture about Kyle Murray and in terms of his contract and whether he can return to a high level of play after his uh, injury last season. Yeah, I think we talked about it. I think we're expecting a pretty average season out of the Cardinals. Um, yeah. I don't know. This game is a bit of a is a bit up in the air for me, but I do think the Chiefs win. I think the Chiefs pick apart the Cardinals on both sides of the ball. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins suspended, so Kyle Murray has the choice of AJ Brown and AJ uh, AJ Brown, Marquise Brown and AJ Green. Uh, and to be fair, uh, AJ Green's decent, but if he gets a lot of attention, that's trouble for Kyle Murray. James Connor, they're missing Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds really made a difference in that run game. As a one-two punch with James Conner, I don't think James Conner as the lead back, the sole back really, is going to do too much damage. I think we could see um, a lot of Rondale Moore in the Chase Edmonds kind of role, especially especially in terms of the screen game out of the backfield, um, and even running plays purely. I think we see a lot of Rondale Moore, especially with the um, early season absence of DeAndre Hopkins. But like you said, there is definitely potential for the Chiefs to pick apart the Cardinals and make this a non-contest. But I think it's similar to the Raiders and Packers situations offensively where Patrick Mahomes is going to have to get used to um, new targets. Um, obviously, with Tyreek Hill not being there anymore, 
I don't. I don't it, think it would. Ha- I think it would take some time, especially with Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Valdez Scantling. I agree, he has to get used to his receivers, but Travis Kelsey's still there, and I think for this Cardinals defense, I think Travis Kelsey can pretty much just solve but it. But they're going to put all the attention on Kelsey because and I they think know Kelsey is just that good. I think. I think. I think Mahomes and Kelsey are going to pick apart this defense. I think. I can say it. Juju Smith. Juju Smith may have a good game. It'll be interesting to see him in this new team. But I think Travis Kelsey is going to go for over a hundred yards. Mahomes going to score, uh, throw for three, at least three touchdowns. It's going to be a huge out, outing yeah, for this team. Could definitely see an area where that happens. Either way, regardless of if it's a close or not close win, I think the Chiefs win and say so. I'm with you, yeah. That's the early and late window of games covered. Now we move on to Sunday Night Football, and this is the Buccaneers at the Cowboys. We, we saw an inverse fixture last year to start off the year with. Um, the Cowboys at the Bucks. We saw a close game then. I think it's going to be relatively close, but um, I think the Buccaneers win in Dallas. Obviously, as you know, I'm not as high on Dak or Dallas as I was last season, especially now after Tyron Smith's um, pretty severe injury. I think, yeah, their offensive line might struggle a bit. Um, they lost Lyle Collins. I think the Buccaneers win this one. Uh, speaking of offensive lines... Tampa Bay's has gotten severely weaker. Um, they no longer have Brian Jensen and Alex Kappa. So, how much does that affect? Tom Brady is not a mobile quarterback by any means. Um, this Cowboys pass rush will definitely be able to get to him. You know, you've got guys like Demarcus Lawrence and Lane Benrich. Michael Parsons is definitely uh, my pick to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think that this will be a pretty low-scoring game for, for two teams of this like caliber in terms of scoring power. I think it'll be a low-scoring game, but I do agree with you. Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers will win, just out of sheer experience, and Tom Brady's sort of like made for this sort of spotlight in Week One. Yeah, I think the Bucks' offensive line is going to stand up a little bit more than you think. Um, they did acquire Shaq Mason, the guard. They've still got Donovan Smith, Tristan Works, and Robert Hainsey. They're all healthy as starting linemen, so I I I think they will stand up well. I don't think the Bucks would go into this season with Brady, um, you know, not ensuring that the offensive line would be able to stand up. Obviously, Jensen is a big loss, but I think they will recover from it. And yeah, like you said, I, I just think Brady, he, you know, he owns his kinds of moments, even though it's week one. It's to open the season. It's going to remind everyone that he's still, you know, still more than capable of, you know, playing at a really high level, as we know. And I think the Bucks win. Or, or... The unexpected happens, and he just completely shifts the bed. That, that could happen. That could happen. Yeah, this could be the, could. the start mean, of the I'm end sure for him. Max Cullen is still hoping that he falls to a cliff, but <laughs> uh, he hasn't yet. And I don't think he will in week one against the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Bucks win. Monday Night Football, the last game of the first week of the NFL season. I know this is the game that you are looking forward to the most, Amelia, as a Seahawks fan, especially under the circumstances that are Russell Wilson returning to Seattle to play the Seahawks this time in, um, you know, the Broncos' colours. It's going to be a really, really highly anticipated matchup. A lot of people are going to be tuning in, especially you and I. And um, what do you think happens? Because I, 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 know, I know you think the Seahawks are a sneaky no, chance. No, not anymore. Not uh, anymore? I, I did when I, you know, this was... I, I told you about it before preseason started. I said we could, we could win, you know, that opening game against the Broncos. That's because I thought Drew Locke would be starting. Geno Smith is starting... And Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson in that first half of the season usually is MVP level. 
He's going to pick us apart in my eyes. Uh, it's going to be a really tough game for any Seahawks fan to watch. Question to me then. Yes. You said he's going to pick the Seahawks apart. How does that change with Drew Locke and Geno Smith being quarterback? No, I just thought it would be a high-scoring game. So, so I, I, thought, I, thought our pick... offense, I thought our offense would be able to respond to that. So you think there's that big of a gap between Drew Locke and Geno Smith? I think that Drew Locke... Geno Smith is a guy that knows the playbook more than... No, I'm not saying... I'm saying, as quarterbacks, they're both similar. I'm saying Drew Locke has more upside. I think for him personally, they'd be a bit more into this game, you know, taking on the Broncos for, like, as the quarterback in Eugene. Geno Smith is not going to be scoring many touchdowns for us. Drew Locke could. That being said, he could also throw a lot of interceptions. There's just... Drew Locke is very... Podcast listeners can't see what I'm doing. I'm sort of putting my Waving hands up and hands down. Like Wave my hands man. up and down. Like a madman because I want Drew Locke to start. So you're saying he's volatile, Drew Locke? Yeah. I'm um, saying I'm yeah, saying, I'm saying, big upside, big downside. Geno Smith is very level, but you know what you're getting from that. And the Seahawks are going to be relying on the run game a lot uh, throughout yeah. the season. And this is one example of that. I've got a differing opinion. I think Geno Smith starting gives the Seahawks a better chance at winning this matchup than Drew Locke. I think in terms of mentally, emotionally, there is more riding on this game in the mind of Geno Smith than there is in Drew Locke. Geno Smith obviously has a relationship with Russell Wilson. I've known each other for years. He's been his backup for a number of years. And I, I think Geno Smith is obviously going to be really, really hoping he can you know, try and put a dent in this Broncos defense and try and really match it with you know, his old partner in crime, Russell Wilson. The other thing is, you know, the Seahawks know how Russell Wilson operates. Their defense is going to have a specific plan in place to try and learn what he can do. I don't think Russell Wilson is necessarily going to pick apart the Seahawks defense. I think this game is going to be closer than people think. I am, I, I'm adapting the mentality you had, you know, a few weeks ago. <laughs> I still think the Broncos win, but it's going to be close. It's going to be close. Okay. I don't think Wilson picks apart the Seahawks defense. And I think Jenna Smith provides a spark for the Seahawks offense that Drew Locke simply can't or won't. Okay. That, that's interesting. That's, I mean, it could happen. I just think that it's going to be a very one-sided affair now. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, it's, pe- it's a, it's people a change their mind. Matchup. People change their mind. Right? I could think yeah. one thing one week and I'll change my mind completely the next. I just hope as a Seahawks fan we see DK Metcalf get the attention he deserves on the offensive side. Well, Russell Wilson would just refuse to throw it to him. Last season, I also Gino just gives him some balls to and to the catch. crowd too. The twelfth man, as the yes. Seahawks fans are, I think they're going to be so loud. It's, it's oh, going to be such so. a crowd-involved game. It's going to be very emotional for Seahawks fans. I know, <laughs> maybe not emotional for you, Million, but I, 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 oh, I know you're going to be. I know you're going to be thinking about it. Obviously, Russell Wilson was the, you know, the Seahawks savior for so long. The crowd is going to have a huge impact on this game. I think, yeah. um, and I think they might really rattle Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, I just think this is a really unpredictable game. Yeah. I was just, just side note, I was looking at tickets for this game. I was like, just a few days ago, thought, hey, how much does a ticket to, you know, Lumen Russell Field Wilson's cost? Homecoming. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, 200 bucks for the like, worst seat in the house. It's going to be packed out. It's yeah, going to be yeah, a the big, of the prodigal big son. night. Uh, just sign up. How are NFL games so expensive compared to our footy games? Yeah, no, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it, the economy is just like, you just can't compare it. Yeah. You just can't compare it. We can't. But, yeah, the, uh, it's just going to be a really unpredictable game. Either way, it's going to be you know highly viewed. It's going to be a huge game. Um, yeah. I what a what a week to close. start off the season. What a week to start. We always say that, but it just feels like there are just so many good games yeah. as well. Like yeah. it's coming off the wildest off season as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's why it's like the NBA. The league feels really open. Like it. It, it just feels like there there are no like 
like far and away favourites. Nah, absolutely um, not. I, I, I definitely don't think the Rams are a far and away favourite nah. to go again. I mean, to be fair, like the defending champ never really is. Like, oh, it's so hard to go back to back in the NFL. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, it's it's just there are so many teams that you could win it. It's it's going to be great. And obviously, this week one is a great way to kick it off. So many good matchups. We're going to be there for all of it, a million. Absolutely. Um, hopefully, we can stay awake. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Any tips? Because <laughs> I am not used to. I don't drink coffee at all. I don't take any caffeine whatsoever. But Might we have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to. Especially considering the night we're going to have. Exactly. The, the listeners, all five of you, probably don't know the night that Emilia and I are going to have beforehand. So it's going to be quite a struggle to stay awake. But I think with the amount of like really good color games in terms of entertainment that we're going to see in week one. I think we'll manage to stay awake for a, I for a fair portion. I, mean, I refuse week to Week one, Scott Hanson's voice alone is going to just yeah, hit me hard. So, um. <laughs> Anyway, that's our week one predictions or preview uh, episode. Um, all wrapped up. All 16 games. We're looking forward to watch every single minute of every single one. Emelian. Absolutely. Until next time. See you guys. This is going to be a podcast. See you later. Thank <laughs> you.